It's time to find balance and be refreshed here on Every Heart, Every Woman. Every Heart, Every Woman. Get ready for uplifting music and inspiring interviews. Every Heart, Every Woman. Let's get motivated to move forward as we share our life experiences. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Before we jump into our interview for today, we're going to set the tone like we do with some live music. This is True Worship. It's from my CD, which is also entitled True Worship. Sit back and enjoy.
Well, welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. Our show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can go to loveministriesbuilds.org. You can get all of the great information about Love Ministries there. Well, we are so excited about um, for our interview for today, we are welcoming the ladies of the Bass family. We're only missing Dad, Robert, and Brother Caleb, but we have all the ladies in the Bass family, Chastity, Bethany, and Mariah. Chastity is a wife, mother, educator, sister, God's warrior. She was my roommate in college at Texas Tech. Um, and also, we are joined by her daughter, Bethany. Bethany is a rising junior at SMU University. She's studying human rights, political science, and sociology. Right now, this summer, uh, she's actually interning. She's a congressional intern for the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation. She's also a member of St. Paul United Methodist Church. And for the first time, Mariah is joining us on the show. Mariah is a rising senior at Sexy High School. She is also a senior lieutenant of the drill team. And uh, she's a worship leader, a student leader at North Place Church. So welcome, ladies. Hi, good morning. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I know that this this con- this uh, conversation is going to be very fruitful and helpful to so many. Um, I know, so I just saw you all. Right now, of course, we're taping over Zoom because of uh, COVID-19 and we're, we're doing our part um, to be safe and uh, to, to, to promote uh, health, our own health and health in our community, communities. But we did have a, a family party in our backyard for my daughter, Naomi, who graduated. And we were all here and we were all separate. We separated our tables by families and all that. But we had a great time. But one of the things, um, Bethany, you shared with me is that you uh, had the opportunity to go downtown Dallas to participate in uh, in the peaceful protests. And um we, we know. So Bethany's been on the show before. So everyone, you may need to go back and listen to that show. You can find it on, on Pod, Podbean. Um, but Bethany, share with us. We know that you are one who is very involved and you encourage other young people to be involved politically and be a part of the conversation and make sure that uh, you're actually taking steps to affect change. So I know that you really felt a calling to be there um, in, in, in the peaceful protest. So I, I would like for you just to give us a statement to start off about um, how it was to be there, what you saw, um, how everyone was participating, and how, how you all felt um, actually going and standing up for change. Yeah, so I've been protesting for through um, after uh, George Floyd's murder and death, um, mm-hmm. basically to now. Um, pretty much every day, I take a break every once in a while, but I really think that it's a pivotal time to stand up for change and stand up against white supremacy and racism in our nation 
and in our systems and structures in our nation. So that's why I felt called and that God called me to end up for not only myself and my community, but other black and brown individuals that are um, affected by this pandemic of racism that we have going on in our country. Um, and so I went out there. One thing I can say about being out there is there are so many different types of people out there coming together and standing up against it. So many people have said enough is enough. And I think also so many people have been marginalized and they're saying, you know what, if black lives don't matter, my life doesn't matter either because I'm also marginalized. And so it's a great time of community gathering, of a community standing up because this one of the chants that we say is this is what community looks like because this is true, because everyone is there coming together and they're saying, in this world, in this nation, in which there's so, so much marginalization, we are community. Um, but there's also a lot of terror because there's a lot of agitation from the police that I experienced. Um, and I'll go more into that later, um, but it was there was a lot of fear and terror and a lot of people being afraid um, because of what ha had happened and the treatment that we had received. Okay. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think that the Lord is doing, or that I see that the Lord is doing during this time. Now, these are, this is, you know, terrible circumstances for us mm -hmm. to, um, to have to live through and for us to have to explain to our children, you know, things about our world right now. The flip side of that is that I see communities coming together across all different races. So many people are joining the conversation. So many people are saying, what can I do? And then actually doing something. And I honestly feel like um, I'm, I'm proud of, of the church, you know, our churches who are who are sending messages and who are rallying everyone in their uh, in our congregations and the church really is joining this conversation extremely loudly at this time as well as everyone in our communities saying yes our our lives are in danger if black lives are in danger you know it's not only it's not it's about our community it's about our family it, you know so I love it that everyone is coming together. I really think the Lord responds to our unity and then our obedience to him. And I know um, that he is hearing from heaven and he is uh, helping to, to heal our land. Uh, Chastity, um, what, what, what kind, because both of us have um, a black husband and a black son. Yes. So this really hits on our front door. And there have been times when I had to sit on my back porch and shed some tears because this, you know, it, it really does hit on our front door. Um, what, tell us what you're telling your son of, about what's going on. Yes. And even thinking about our black daughters as well. Yes. We've got, yes. Taylors. We've got yes. Uh, so yes. many things that have yes. happened. So um, we're broadening the conversation just from our our black boys and husbands too, to the women as well. Mm -hmm. um, and what we've continued to talk to them about is the same as we've taught them all along is, is love. Mm -hmm. um, and we've continued to talk about the love of Jesus Christ because first and foremost, we're Christians. Yes. Then I'm African-American or Latina American or Asian American. 
And so the very first thing, if we teach them the love of Jesus Christ, then that will drive the rest of what we do. Um, and so that's where we've been putting our emphasis, but we've been having raw conversations uh, because I do have to be real about it. Yes, we're believers in Jesus Christ and I've got to teach you love. But then when you are not loved or treated in love, how do you respond? Uh, that has been some of the discussion. Um, how do I tell a 10 year old boy who sees someone, you know, sees a police officer? Because we train our boys and we train our girls to respect the police officers and to make sure you adhere to the law of the land. And so those conversations about why did this happen? Why would he put his knee in the neck of George Floyd and hear him pleading for help, but not respond to that? So we've had those conversations. And then how would we, how do you respond if you're treated unjustly? So we've talked about some of the ways to, one of our favorite songs is uh, from the past, Joyful, Joyful, Lord, we adore thee. Mm -hmm. And at first I kept saying, y'all, we have to watch, we have to, we have to watch and pray just as the scripture teaches, right? But then Bethany said, mom, wait a minute. There's a song y'all taught us back in the day. And I'm almost sure it said, watch, fight and pray. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I said, yes, Bethany, you're right. We do have to watch, fight and pray. And so as a family, we've been talking about what that means to watch, fight and pray. How does that look for you and for us as a family? How do we watch? We want to make sure that we're aware. Let's talk about the situation. Let's have the conversations. Let's not sugarcoat it. It is outright racism. It is not taking care of your brother or your sister. Um, so let's talk about those conversations and how Christ would have for us to respond, which means that there's repentance on both sides. There's repentance on behalf of our of white America, and there's repentance on and there's repentance on our side as well, because we've lost sight of our goal. We got to get back to Jesus. Everybody, get back to our faith, because that's the original movement, if we look at the civil rights movement, we got to get back to Christ and we got to get back to education. I, know, but mm -hmm. I tell my children, you got two keys. Use your keys. You, look at Bethany and Moriah. You, use your keys. Jesus Christ is the key here and he is the key for after here. Amen. Mm -hmm. And then secondly, your other key is your education. As a nation, we've got to get back to those two things together. And I believe that change will come about if we get back to that. So we've been teaching our, our kids um, and our young adults um, those things to watch. And then how do we fight? Some of us are able to go out and protest. Some of us are able to lend financially. Some of us, we want to make sure to have those conversations. Um, also, my fight is, as an educator is to resource. I want to resource parents to have those conversations. And I'll talk about some of those other resources later. And then we've got to pray. we got to pray specifically. I asked Bethany, what are the specifics of the movement? And she sent me the specifics, of course she did, of the movement and what I need to pray for. Um, as well as I've been reading um, uh, the Bible app to pray specific scriptures uh, over George, Ford's, uh, George Floyd's family, as well as the police officer's family and those police officers. Yes. Because real love looks like God wants no man to perish. Yes. He wants all men to come to him. Whether you had, you know, made one of the worst choices of your life, God still loves you and has a plan for your life. And whether you're the oppressed people, God still loves us and he has a plan for our lives as well. Amen. I, I remember what my mom used to say um, with 
myself and, and my brother, she would say, make sure you are speaking that scripture. Make sure you are speaking to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And we have, we have gone back to that. Make sure uh, of, think about what you're saying out of your mouth and make sure that you are continuing to speak life to the situation, life to this world, life to everyone in your community. Because if we in turn decide to hate and to separate and you know continue to draw lines between us because there's so much fear, I must go over here, make sure you go over there, then nothing is ever going to be solved. We must speak um, the word, remember what the Bible tells us, remember that uh, the scripture is breathing and, and it has so much wisdom and, 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 and it's so now, like it's so now is re- it, it is for now. And so that, that's our, you know, that that's, that's our responsibility. The other thing that I have found in this time is I've been able to have conversations with so many people. Of course, we're having great conversations on on the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We had a great conversation with Douglas File last week. And and so and we will continue these conversations, you know, um, but we've had we've been able to have great conversations here. And then it also opens us up. The more you share, the more you share with love, make making sure what comes out of your mouth is spoken in love, the more other people want to sit down and have a one-on-one conversation and learn and hear and listen and get the heart of God for this, for this situation. That's what I'm so excited about. But Mariah, I would love to hear from you. Um, what, what are the, the, the young adults, the the teenagers, um, how are you all watching and fighting and praying in this season? I feel like as a teen, you are always and constantly on social media. So one way I get to my friends is like through social media. I'll tweet out a quote. I'll say something. I'll put out a scripture, something that encourages not only young black people, but young white people, young Indian people, young um, Latino people, everybody, so that I can like, like I can tell them and encourage them, hey, during this time, I know you see our world is hurting. And I know that you see that um, people are in pain and people are suffering. And a way to encourage is through social media. And um, whenever I was, I think I was in the ninth grade, um, me and my friend had this conversation about like how um like how like it's different she she believed in like um her parents were like trump supporters and stuff and like there's nothing wrong with that but we had a conversation about it and she was like well um oh we are talking about the football player and how he kneeled during the pledge of allegiance and i was like I was like, well, what do you think that means? What do you think that stands for? She's like, I think he was just like disobeying, like not wanting to listen to like, you know, um, being inconsiderate of like the Pledge of Allegiance. And while I had to like explain to her, I was like, when a football, when football players, they kneel, they kneel in like someone is hurt. And during that time, 
our world is hurting. And so that's why he kneeled because our world is hurting. And so like to have that on like a big screen and to show it um, largely all around the world and that be played like thousands of times and he be reprimanded um, to show and to speak out about how our world is hurting my heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. What I like about that is that you were having conversations about this mm-hmm. long before right now. And and I appreciate the fact that you are willing to openly share and you're willing to say that, um, you know, maybe you voted differently than, you know, than, than maybe my family did. That's fine. That's okay. Okay. That's, you know, that's the other thing that we really separate on. We take yeah. politics and we, man, we separate and, and pull apart, you know, and that breaks my heart. I know it breaks the Lord's heart, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's, it's okay to say, sure, you, you may have voted differently than I did. That's, that, that's wonderful. Let me explain, you know, what, what I see, you know, from, from, from my perspective, that's the way we learn about each other. That's the way we learn. And, and, you know, that's the way we grow uh, and become family, even though we're from different families, you know? Yeah. I really like that, Mariah. So uh, Bethany, I would like to know, I want you to share more about uh, what you're doing right now in, in this internship. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm impressed by this. I'm not surprised because I know you and I know that this is the work that you would, you would choose to do in the summer. And I know that your mom told us that uh, because of COVID-19, you're actually doing your work uh, via Zoom, but you would have been in Washington, D.C., um, uh, you know, now. So I'm glad that you continued, um, you know, continued on to, to do it, even though it's, it's via Zoom. But give us a little bit of um, insight into the work that you're doing this summer. What a lot, what I do at Congressional Black Caucus with my internship, we have a lot of dialogues about racism. We have a lot of dialogues about um, being a Black professional in the modern day, being a Black legislative professional in the modern day. Um, and that's really important. And we're currently working on creating policy solutions that are um, minded, Gen Z minded, because I'm a part of Generation Z. Yes. And so, um, you know, what what does public policy look like in the age of digital technology, in the age of rapid communication? Um, and then also in this age where we've suffered double pandemics of both racism that has been occurring, you know, since the birth of this nation and now with the COVID-19 crisis. Mm-hmm. Okay, Bethany, I, you know what? I, I want you to go more into that, but it is so time for us to take a break. So let's take a break and we will get right back. We'll be right back in a minute. Heart Every Woman, the show where women find balance, peace, and inspiration. Now let's get back to the show with your host, Carla Nivens. 
Well, welcome back, everyone. My name is Carla Nivens. I am your host for the Every Heart, Every Woman radio show. We are having a great conversation with the ladies of the Bass family. We are only missing Dad Robert and Brother Caleb, but we are joined by Chastity, Bethany, and Mariah Bass. And Bethany, I want to get back into kind of where you left off. You were taking us through some of the, the items that you all are addressing in the uh, Congressional Black Caucus. But one of one of the statements that that I like that you made, you know, during this time, I really feel like that all Christians should see this as a spiritual issue. This is a matter of, you know, our brothers and sisters that the Lord created. He created all of us. He created all of us equal. And as Christians, we have to be concerned with all of our lives. So we, if we have a brother or a sister, their life isn't valued. There's something that we have to say about that. We need to say that, no, this is my brother and sister in Christ. Their life should be valued the same as mine, you know, and, and that is across the board in all of the arenas, you know, and that should help, uh, help decide who we vote for and, and what, what what things that we vote for, what things we say yay and what things we say nay uh, for. Um, if our brother and our sisters, if their lives aren't valued, then we have to stand up and say, listen, um, this person was created by God. This person was created as a beautiful human being with gifts and talents and graces. And this person should have the right to live and spread the love of Jesus Christ just as just as I should. So, Bethany, I really thank you for the work that you are doing. I'm very interested in um, what you said you're doing for Generation Z. You all are having these conversations around changes that need to be made for Generation Z. I'm very interested in that. Can you tell us more about that? Absolutely. And going back off of what you were talking about, about our heart. And um, in my Bible study, we have been reading Proverbs 31. And before the Proverbs 31 woman is introduced, the story that we're very commonly talk about, it talks about standing up for justice, standing up for the, the poor and the needy. That's a God command. Like that's what God commands us to do. And I think that that is so important in this time to go back and read scriptures like that, go back and realize that God commands us to stand up not just to be silent, but to stand up against oppression and stand up for justice for these people who are calling out and crying out. Literally, my life needs to matter. Right. Um, and so that's so important. Um, and that's a lot of the conversation that we're having at uh, Congressional Black Caucus, being young Black professionals. Um, and we, there was a big webinar that, we, that was done yesterday. Um, and Dr. Jones, she kind of talked and laid out about racism and this double pandemic between COVID-19 and how there's just large like generational health disparities in black communities and other marginalized communities and then also this with this big backdrop of racism and we this hyper awareness that we have right now um and she gives this wonderful illusion that you know one day she went to a restaurant and she went inside and she was sitting down and outside of the restaurant, there were people standing there. And she was like, I wonder why people are just standing there. They don't just come in the restaurant. And she was saying she was sitting in her seat and on the sign, it said open, you know, but on the other side, you know, cause signs are double sided. It says closed. 
And she said, that's how racism works, you know? And sometimes that's how privilege works as well. Where sometimes you can be sitting at the table and, you, you know, it says open and these opportunities are provided for you. But on the other side, there's this big closed side. Um, and there's so many things that we should do w when we're in this position. So if you're sitting at the table, your job is either to demand that somebody open the restaurant and let everybody in, or either that, or, you know, break down the window and say, everybody can come in. And then sometimes you're standing outside of the restaurant and you're saying, let me in, you know, that's what the protesters are doing. They're saying, let me in. And sometimes there's people who even take more radical action. And they say, we need to break this down. We need to get in this restaurant and we need to be able to sit at the table. Um, and I think that that's such a great allusion to what's going on in our world. And I'm thankful that Dr. Jones imparted that wisdom on to us. And I think that Generation Z is, um, really trying to figure out these things as well. And I'm really encouraged by what I see on social media as well. A lot of people are wanting to take a more radical approach to what's going on. And it's really not radical if everyone will say, you know, Black Lives Matter. It's not radical if everyone will come together and say that there are racist systems in our country that need to be dismantled. Um, and so one thing that I've been promoting is the defunding of police and the divestment from the police department and looking more into more community-based solutions. Um, that's one proposal that's out there. And I, I am a firm proponent. And I think a lot of people in Generation Z are proponent of it. They're saying that there needs to be this different change. There needs to be a shift in what's going on in our culture. Um, and there needs to be a shift in the way that we do things. Because what's going on right now is not enough. Um, and it's not helping people and it's not aiding people and it hasn't aided people um, throughout generations. And so I think that's an incredible thing that we're talking about in conversations, Gen Z on social media platforms. Um, what Dr. Jones talked about with CBCF the other day ago um, and their, their webinar. And I think also something that God commands us to do stand up against these racist systems. I think that that's something that the Christian community should begin to start having this conversation. I see that the Christian community is starting these conversations, but more so it needs to be robust. You know, if the, God gives us a robust command to stand up for justice. So uh, I believe that we need to start having this robust and radical uh, conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited about the conversations that, that you are having. I, I, I believe if there are different ways, I think we do this in all the areas of our lives. Uh, I haven't been a part of any of the conversations about um, about the police. That that conversation, I'd have to get deeper in into that. And first thought, I think, oh no, you know, we need we need our police, um, and so I'd have to get more into that conversation to kind of understand um, what what you know what what the conversation is and what you're calling for um i i know for sure that we are all calling for uh all of our leaders to treat every life you know to value every single life so i i know that that, that is going to be the the you know the in route that we come to but i was my point was in everything that we do, in all of our um, all of our jobs, there are so many times when we sit down and say, "Is this the best way, or should we?" You know, is there a way that could serve people better? So that's what I like about these conversations that you're sitting down and saying, "Let's go through all of these things, and what are the ways that we could make some changes to better serve our our country, better serve our world?" So I really, really, really am excited about these conversations. Um, 
Chastity, I also know that in education, there are some very exciting things that are coming on because um, along with that and all of the work that Bethany's doing, and I'm so proud that you are a part on the forefront and bringing the Christian perspective to these conversations. I love that. Also, we have, we, education is the thing that we all um, must, um, must really dig into because in order to be a part of the conversation as Bethany is, you first need to be educated on, you know, on what's going on. So I know Chastity, um, as an educator, there's some things that you are able to be a part of to, um, to kind of, open up how we teach our children. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so there's so many resources right now that are online available to parents as well as to teachers uh, because teachers, we've got to be culturally aware um, and be able to have the discussions in our classroom uh, without our own bias, but to be open. Yeah. Uh, and when I was in the classroom, my joy was teaching uh, multicultural education during social studies time. Um, and I can remember one of the years um, during the time of uh, when we celebrate Dr. King's birthday, I would just make sure that we celebrate Dr. King as well as everybody. Because that way I could make sure as we, because of course his vision, we were the vehicle and the conduit for change, but God uses us oftentimes uh, to be uh, the conduit for change for all mankind. Not just, not just for us, but so that the doors may be open for everyone. Um, and I made sure at the teaching my family and my students um, that as well. And so what we would do is we would um, talk about our origins, talk about our heritage. And I can remember one of my students said, Ms. Bass, we just white. I said, well, I want to know more about that. I want you to go home and I want you to talk to your parents. And I want you to, I want to know a little bit more. Are, are your parents from... Are your ancestors from Europe? Are your ancestors from, um, from um, Spain. Spain? Or your ancestors, where are they from? And so we opened the door for those conversations to come about and we began to find some common ground with one another. Also, we became very um, excited about who God made us to be. Yeah. There is no mistake that God made us who we are and he was intentional in doing so. Um, and so as educators, we've got to be mindful of that. Um, of each culture and each of the um, each group that we are teaching to encourage that to and teach them to embrace it as well. I had one student who was even she was a little bit um, nervous about wearing her uh, Chinese attire to school because that wasn't something that she had done before. She felt odd doing so, but we made her feel excited about it because we embraced her. So as educators, we have to embrace and affirm our students cultural differences. If you say something or if they speak in a certain way, we are not to say you're wrong. We are to say, thank you for sharing. I love the way you share that. This is another way to say that, okay? And so we have to affirm that in all of our students, especially as African-Americans, because sometimes our African-American vernacular is not seen as somewhat of another language, but in essence, it really is. Mm -hmm. uh, because they're just as much of English language learners as our boys and girls who may speak Spanish because of vocabulary differences. So what I've been trying to do on my Facebook is to give teachers and parents some resources. Um, so one of the great resources for teachers is going to be readingrockets.org. Reading Rockets has done a great job on this website of gathering different resources for teachers and families 
about talking about racism and violence with your students. Um, and it is just absolutely wonderful. So educators, I want you to go out there and look at readingrockets.org because we've got to be specific about talking about racism with our students. They give great resources that deal with uh, being sensitive about trauma, articles and resources about current events and how to talk about those with your children, um, communication and conversations, multimedia and social media and what's going on. And how do we talk about violence? They have uh, read alouds here for you uh, to do to walk through with your students and then tips for talking about violence and so many other resources that are there for educators and parents to talk about with their children. Another great resource that I love right now is brainpop.com. It is a wonderful resource. They're doing it. They have anti-racism resources. Uh, so absolutely wonderful. The boys and girls can watch a video. They can uh, take part in a um, timeline. So that way they can know about history, where things fall in history. My son, Caleb, was amazed. He got to study about Malcolm X the other day and he didn't know as much about Malcolm, okay? And so he said, mom, well, I didn't understand what that X meant in his name, but now I understand. Mm -hmm. And he said, so with my name, what does, do you mean to tell me my last name came possibly from a slave owner? And I said, yes, Caleb. So those hard conversations that we have to have with our students, I'm very grateful for other educational resources that are opening up these conversations with families and with children. Those are my two resources, uh, one for teachers, one for uh, parents, but I'll make sure I have more that I'll be posting on my Facebook page. And the resource for spiritual conversations, I love the Bible app. The Bible app is doing a great job of putting out resources that deal with social injustice, that deal with talking about mercy. Um, and so absolutely a great spiritual resource for families as well. Yes, I, I the the Bible app is putting out these prayers. Mm -hmm. They they are beautifully written mm -hmm. that you can pray yourself and pray with your family, and they're putting them out every week, specifically appointed at what is going on this week. And I just think that's amazing. And education is you know because say you when we if we get back to going to the class to the classroom or when we get back to going to the classroom <laughs> we have to work our way back in there some kind of way so when we work our way back into there into the classroom you may not be able to go about it this as business as normal you could have um students um that are children of police officers you can have african-american students in your classrooms that you know, have had all these conversations about racism and violence. Um, you can have um, white Americans in your classrooms who, again, are part of these conversations, maybe even for the first time. And they're sitting there and we can't just go right into reading, you know, uh, writing arithmetic is what, what yes. they used to say when I, I'm probably dating myself when I say that. But you're going to have to address the entire child because the last thing we want this to do is to separate our children and to uh, promote uh, segregation and hate. We have to, we have to um, understand how to approach this conversation and bring everyone together because we really want our children to grow up in a, in a world that they are proud of and that they can, they feel like I can do anything. I can be anything. I, you know, I, I'm called, I have these skills and I'm going to achieve 
you know, my my dream in that. So, I mean, that's that's really what what we want. So I thank you um, for that, Chastity. Um, I want to ask you, Mariah, because I, can, I think it was maybe two weeks ago, everyone was doing the blackout on social media. Um, and so everyone was doing it and, and it meant different things to to different people. Some people were really informed and, and did it. And then also, you know, listed a message. Uh, and then some people didn't know it all. Some young people didn't know it all. They just did the this the blackout. What did what did you do on your social media, Mariah? Well, I did participate in the blackout, but I also participated in um retweeting and tweeting out like messages. Um, one in particular is that if you don't always like understand the fullness of what is going on, that the simplicity of it is black lives matter. And I feel like um when when we we miss it when we look at all like the violence and all of the hurting and stuff and it often incites fear and stuff so um we were having a bible study um for the woman at saint paul and we were talking about fear and how um the devil likes to incite fear mm-hmm. and i uh, we got to preach, like we got to teach all together, um, me and my mom and my sister and my grandma. And we talked about how, well, I talked about how fear, we need to take our fear into faith. Yeah. And so like, um, one of the things I said was like, out in the world, we, it's where we get our fear. But in the Bible is where we get our faith, truth and proof that fear has no hold on our lives. And that when we seek him, we will gain courage. And like, that was the the premise of it and um, having courage. And what does it look like to have courage? Mm-hmm. And like during this time, we we need a lot of courage. Amen. Like, like not, we need like God's courage. Amen. And um, like back to what you said um, um, about speaking it over your life. And one of the things I said was, uh, there's a song called The Blessing. It's by Carrie Job. Yes. I love this song. And it's from it's straight from Deuteronomy 28. And the, the not the chorus, but the bridge says, may his favor be upon you and a thousand yes. generations and your family and their children and their children and their children. And I love that because you can speak that over your life saying, may his favor be upon me and a thousand generations. Mm-hmm and my family, and my children, and their children, and their children, because it takes God, like God faith, God courage, to get us through whatever, like, and through our understanding, and it's a way, and like, going back to God is a way to understand what's going on, like how mom said, um, going back to the Bible is where you find your truth and where you find your proof and stuff. So, yeah, I feel like, yeah, encouraging through social media by like putting those out there and speaking in groups and doing all of that. That's what I've done. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, I love that message. You know, that, that, yeah. and when you recite scripture, we talk about this a lot on the radio show. When you recite scripture to yourself, when you pray scripture, yeah. when you recite 
um, scripture to others, when you post scripture, Amen. you are giving life. Like Amen. Mariah, when you when you read out the words of the bridge, it literally calmed you know my heart. That's what scripture does. It Amen. is the truth of God's word um, that calms and changes our hearts. Then, therefore, then we can go out to share the message of Jesus Christ and share it in love and share it in a way that others can receive it. So I, I love that. Bethany, I want to ask you the same question about um, about social media. Um, did you participate in the blackout? And, and what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, so um, I did not participate in Blackout Tuesday. Um, as an activist, I think that Blackout Tuesday was kind of hard for all of us um, because there's this overwhelming flood of black tiles on the Black Lives Matter um, kind of feed. And the Black Lives Matter feed is where organizers and activists go to find out protest, organize, talk, have these conversations, right? And so to have all this feed with all this, these black tiles, it's like, oh boy, you know, like this is not what we wanted. Um, and so I, it, what it really was, the beginning of the Blackout Tuesday movement was for um, generations, uh, well, not generations, for corporate spaces and for the music industry and other industries to, um, to kind of be, you know, post a Black Lives Matter kind of thing, say Blackout Tuesday, not Black Lives Matter, but post this Blackout Tuesday thing and to say, like, we're going to have a frank conversation about race. We're going to post resources, but we're not going to talk about our product promotion or our, our corporation or our music and stuff like that. But it really got, you know, like, it really spun um, out as some things do. And what I saw was a whole bunch of black tiles. And I was kind of disheartened by seeing so many black tiles because I was like, out of the woodworks, so many people want to post black tiles. But, you know, every day when I'm posting social justice resources or every day when I'm encouraging people to stand up against violence and justice, there's silence. And I said, I was like, this, these black tiles are just another echo of your silence. Again, you know, again, you were silent about black issues. Again, you were silent about posting resources and having frank conversation. Again, you were silent. And it was a little frustrating to find that. Um, but I was um, encouraged by people who took the time on Blackout Tuesday to say, hey, these are some resources. Because a lot of us protesters on that day, we that was a day where there was a, a lot of heightened violence. Um, they were tear gassing, through, throwing rubber bullets. Um, the National Guard was there. It looked like a police state in Dallas. Um, and so that day when people were posting resources like bail funds, because some of us were getting arrested for peacefully protesting. Mm -hmm. um, and when people were posting resources like petitions for the families, uh, George Floyd and all the others, um, I think that was what was really important, what the work should be doing. And we should continue to do that kind of work. Social so so I, I, what I hear you saying is that we cannot post something on social media without um, without a message, with, without resources, um, without a way for people to say, okay, this is where I can get educated and then I can do something. Um, so, so I like that. And, and chastity, I want to, um, 
I, I just want to say that you have raised two daughters who like, man, they go after it and they go after it in their specific way. And, and I love it. I love it. They, they are out there with their message. And that is wonderful. That's a good thing. And we all need to, uh, to take that example where well, everyone, um, we Bass family, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a wonderful conversation. Our radio show is a program of Love Ministries, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Go to loveministriesbuilds.org for all of the great information about Love Ministries. Have a great week. <laughs>